Hotepu Nefer Baka Uben Nefer Nehast Great Risings and Great Awakenings. Nefer Ku means I'm doing great today. I hope you are doing great as well. Ank Uja Seneb means life, health, and vitality. Shalom means peace in the ancient Hebrew language. So today we'll be having episode 15 of the Amemra Church podcast. We will be discussing the metaphysics of dreams in the Bible. So this will be a very, very interesting discussion from the perspective of looking at the Bible as a book of metaphysics, chemistry, alchemy, and the knowledge of astrology. Okay, so just to give you some background on why I chose this particular topic, um, a couple months ago, um, I remember seeing a TV show with Tamar Braxton called Get Your Life, and um, she was doing dream work with a therapist named Goldie, and, you know, long story short, she had a fiancé who was against doing dream work because he he didn't feel like it was Christian. And so um, what I started to do was actually go back through the Bible and look at all the times that dreams were mentioned in the Bible. And you can find many, many different situations of dream work, dream interpretation, prophecies, and things like that that actually happened in the Bible itself. So I thought that was really crazy that you know, this African pastor was trying to tell people that dream work is satanic or against God because it's literally in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. So with that being said, this podcast is sponsored by Amira University. Um, you can sign up for more classes at www.amirahschool.com. Our website is still in progress, but we do have some free stuff on there. And you can sign up now and get added to our email list. And then my cash app is dollar sign Shakara. My PayPal is paypal.me slash All right. So according to what I've researched, there are 21 dreams recorded in the Bible. 21 different dreams. Okay. And I would even say that that number is probably even higher because if somebody's having a vision like Ezekiel or Jeremiah, then it could those could be counted as dreams too. But for now, we're just going to go with the number 21. So the 21st letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Sheen. Okay. And these are the different ways that this Hebrew letter has been represented. Um, originally, this came from the Aramaic and the Phoenician alphabet. Okay. The ancient Phoenicians were uh, black people. Um, they were actually some of the first people to create an alphabet along with the ancient Egyptians. And they also um, did a lot of travel through the sea. They were excellent seamen, excellent sailors, and um, some of the greatest mathematicians that the world has ever known. Okay. Um, now, the numerical value of Shin is 300. Okay. And I'm going to talk about Shin because Shin actually needs his own video. But for now, I just wanted to give you guys the Jewish values for this particular Hebrew letter. 
it has three different strands that emanate from the one. Okay, so the letter Shin is representative of the divine trinity, the father, the mother, and the Holy Ghost. And those three different strands are looked at in Jewish culture as these three major things that everybody needs to master. So number one, we have academic rigor, which means to be studious, to be a master student first, okay? To be a researcher, to develop your critical thinking skills. That is one of the pillars of the Jewish values. Um, in addition, we have character development. This is where, you know, your moral training comes into place, the development of your consciousness and the use of your will to choose what you will do and what you will not do. In other words, character development is discipline. So we have academic rigor, discipline and leadership, which is the ability to start things and to also see them through until the end. Okay, so that's why the number Shin, the number 21, is respected. And that's probably why there's 21 official dreams in the Bible, because um, you, you can get a lot of insight into your psyche, into your genetics through your dreams. So I want to talk about Genesis chapter 20. So I'm actually going to read some of Genesis chapter 20. It's a very short story. Actually, it's not too long. So. Let me pull up Genesis 20 real quick so we can um, go over that just briefly. Genesis chapter 20. All right, now let's go back and let me share this tab so you can see this. All right, Genesis chapter 20. So Genesis chapter 20 says, Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of Negeb and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never be done. 
And Abimelech asked Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. Okay, so um, in so many words, Abimelech returns Sarah to Abraham and he gives her a thousand shekels of silver. Okay, now let's break the dream down metaphysically. So let me go back here and let me go back here. Now, okay, now remember that Sarah was infertile. She was barren, okay? Now, that is very key because the same thing happened with Abimelech's wives and the wives of Abimelech's household. They were barren and they were not able to conceive a child, remember? So in the Bible, whenever you hear about um, barrenness, that is talking about the material world. That is talking about the earth, okay? So metaphysically, Abraham represents the sun. Abraham. Ra meaning the sun. Okay. And it's three distinct phases. The sun when it rises, the sun at noon, and the sun when it sets. Comparing this to the Trinity, this is why we mentioned the Trinity. Remember the sacredness of the great Trinity, the Shin. The Shin has three flames. Okay. Those same three flames represent Abraham. And Abraham metaphysically is the sun. Every king in the Bible is the sun. Okay. Solomon, if you break the word Solomon down, soul, S O L in Latin means sun, also means salt. And then if you break down Omon or Amen, okay, you can translate that to Amen Ra. So Solomon is Amen-Ra. Abraham is Amen-Ra. Okay, Sarah is the earth. All right. So um, it is true that they are brother and sister because on a, on, a, on a deeper level, okay, on a deeper level, bacteria reproduce, um, brother and sister reproduce in terms of bacteria. Now, we as human beings do not reproduce that way because it will cause issues with our genetics. But bacteria can reproduce with their sisters, their brothers, their cousins. Any 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 way, any way of genetic transfer is possible. And one thing I wanted to point out, too, is that with bacteria, some of them can be born old. So, you know how we have um, babies right now in terms of bacteria. When a bacteria has a child, the child can technically be born as an old daughter or an old son. And so when they're talking about these barren women, they're born old. OK, even though they look beautiful on the inside, they don't have any eggs. And so that is what is happening genetically. And so what I'm showing you here is the process of a bacteriophage entering a bacterial cell.
to insert its DNA or its RNA into a cell, which is the same thing as sex. So when we talk about sex in the Bible, sex comes up a lot because we're talking about the passing of information. So whenever somebody tries to sleep with somebody's wife in the Bible, they're not talking about, um, you know, they could be talking about sex in general, but you got to think deeper than what it actually says. And so in this case, um, this would be Abraham. So Abraham is the father of all the Israelites. Remember, the he is the, the father of Israel. So he is the DNA, the, the most ancient virus, the most ancient bacterial DNA. Our universal common ancestor is Abraham, which is a virus. Okay. Most of our DNA is full of these ancient viruses that live inside of us. And at death, a lot of those sleeping viruses activate so that our DNA continues to uh, be reproduced, even though we may be deceased. Okay. So there is no death. This is the micro world and we live in the macro world. So there's a difference between the two. So Sarah would be the bacterial cell and whatever children Sarah has will be Isaac. Okay. The bacteria that she creates. So in summary, the, to just sum up what that is, the earth is a cell. The earth is a giant bacteria and the sun is sending its DNA or its sperm into the earth. And that is what has caused the, the nation of Israel to come about. Um, now, just briefly, the sun does have DNA. I wanted to just show you guys real quick what an isotope is. So an isotope is an element or an atom that has multiple um, different numbers of neutrons. Okay, but equal numbers of protons. Okay, specifically when they're radioactive. So these are the three different hydrogen isotopes, deuterium, proteum, and tritibium. Now, the only difference between the two, remember, like I said, they have the same number of um, protons, right, which is the positive charge, but they have a different number of neutrons, okay? So hydrogen is what the sun is made out of, and we are also hydrogen. So we are the sun. Our DNA, the carbon, what makes us melanated, what, what gives our skin a brown or, or a copper black color, what makes our hair black, what makes our eyes brown, what, what gives us, you know, intelligence is the same thing that gives the sun intelligence. So we are one. And I'm just showing you the different isotopes for carbon. And in the Bible, when they talk about the beast, okay, they're talking about a carbon 12 isotope, which has six protons, six neutrons and six electrons. Okay, so the only thing that you need to do to create a new isotope or what we would call a God or a nature or an Elohim. Okay, in order to do that, all you need to do is add another neutron. You can keep the same number of protons and just add more neutrons. So let's move on to Jacob's ladder. Okay, so Jacob's ladder, I'm going to read that story as well. Um, I'm just giving you a visual from a coffin that was found in the third intermediate period from Thebes donated by the Royal Exector Memorial Museum. And you can see here in the middle of it, there is a stairway. And actually, if you look at, um, I'm going to pull up a couple images of 
some of the pyramids um, in America, because what's very special about the pyramids in America is that they often have stairways. So I'm going to show you. Um, I'm going to show you some images of some pyramids. Just give me one second to pull that up. Yes, here we go. So let me stop sharing this tab and then let me go here. All right, so you guys see these pyramids. These are pyramids that actually exist in America, in Mexico. And what's special about these pyramids compared to, let's say, the Pyramid of Giza is that they are built with steps, okay? And that's very, very important because we're going to talk about the stairway of Jacob or the, the ladder of Jacob, okay? So these pyramids um, were built with giant staircases. Uh, here's another one, the, the one in Tehotihuacan. Here's another one, okay? There's tons of them, all right? So I just wanted to give you this visual. Here's a more up-close visual of what these, these stairways look like with a person actually walking on them. So, yep, let's zoom in on that. So that is how the steps look, okay? Very, very beautiful architecture. And um, there's a very deep meaning to the pyramids that we will discuss in another video. But for now, I just wanted to point out that these pyramids in particular have steps. Now, let's talk about Jacob's Ladder or Jacob's stair Stairway. Now, going back here, we go back to this tab. Okay, so we're going to go to Genesis. We're going to read Genesis. We're going to read the story of Jacob's Ladder, and then we're going to discuss what it actually means. All right, so Genesis, Jacob ladder all right so if you want to read the story of jacob's ladder it's in genesis chapter 28 um verses 10 through 19 Okay, and remember, Jacob had this dream at Bethel. All right. So. Let me just read the full chapter. Okay, now pay attention, pay very close attention to this. So it says here, so Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. Remember, Isaac is the son of Abraham. And then he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padan Aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, son of Bethuel the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, who was the mother of Jacob and Esau. All right, so when you see Esau, Esau is Osiris, whenever you see that name. Um, now, Esau learned that Isaac had blessed Jacob and had sent him to Padan Aram to take a wife from there. 
and that when he blessed him, he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Padan Aram. Esau then realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac. So he went to Ishmael and married Mahalath, the sister of Neboeth, and the daughter of Ishmael, the son of Abraham, in addition to the wives he already had. Now we're going to get into the dream. So it says here that uh, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you, and we will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Okay, so let's talk about the gate of heaven. So let me go back here to. Pleiades. All right. So again, this is um, from a tomb, a coffin and thieves. And again, you see the stairway leading up to the gods or the angels. Okay. And what this is talking about is the magnetic field that surrounds the Earth. If you were to look at the energy landscape of the Earth's magnetic field, it will look like a stairway as you exit the Earth. OK, so this is the boundary cusp of how the energy looks on an X-ray. If you were to look at, at it from the perspective of somebody trying to exit or enter the Earth, it will look like a giant staircase full of stars. Okay, or angels. And so here is another image of like what uh, potential energy landscapes look like for proteins as far as ions. And remember, at the North and South Pole, that that is where um, energy can escape and enter the Earth from the sun's plasma or from outer space, because the magnetic field is zero at the North and the South Pole. Okay, so it looks like mountains. It looks like um, ladders. Okay, and this is actually originally found in the coffin text. So um, just briefly, what I'm showing you right now is the the location of magnetic reconnection, which is basically where these different atoms can reconnect. Okay, after they have left the Earth, they can reconnect um, through what we call flux transfer events, which we, we have talked about before. With the ISIS thesis, but just know that all the atoms in your body can leave the earth and come back into the earth at any time. Okay. And so that is what 
Jacob was seeing when he was seeing these these angels um, coming up and down this stairway. He was talking about these these particular ions or atoms that were moving inside and outside of the earth. And remember, Abraham is the solar wind. OK, just keep that in mind. Abraham is the sun. Now, we also have another dream from Joseph. So remember, that was Jacob's dream. Jacob is the one who saw the ladder. Now let's talk about Joseph's dreams. So just briefly, Genesis chapter 37, verse 9 says he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers, saying, Look, I have had another dream. And behold, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Okay. Now, what do these 11 stars represent? So, the 11 stars bowing down to Joseph. Remember, Joseph is the sun. Any, any patriarch in the Bible is the sun. So these 11 stars bowing down to Joseph represent the 11 year solar cycle of the sun. So the sun completes its cycle every 11 years. It takes the sun 11 years to complete um, a year of its life. So every year that we are alive, we age every 365 days because that's how long it takes the earth to rotate around the sun but the sun actually completes its particular life cycle every 11 years to every one year that we live, okay? And so every 11 years, the magnetic fields on the, on the sun actually flip from north to south. Now, in addition to that, remember that it mentioned the 11 stars, the moon, and the sun. So we add up okay everything that we saw we have the 11 stars we have the sun and we have the moon that adds up to the number 13 which are the 13 signs of astrology in the zodiac so most people think that there are only 12 signs in astrology but there are actually 13 all right the missing sign is ophiuchus which is the serpent um, in addition to that let's talk more about the number 11 in the bible so if you go back to the Gospels, when we talk about uh, Judas Iscariot, um, so these particular verses you can reference um, in your own Bible. You can go to Mark 16, 11, Luke 24, 9, and Luke 24, 33. So after Judas Iscariot was disgraced, the remaining apostles of Jesus were sometimes described as the eleven. And this occurred even after Matthew or Matthias was added to bring the number to 12, as in Acts 2.14. Peter stood up with the 11. The New Living Translation says, Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles, making clear that the number of apostles was now 12. St. Ursula is said to have been martyred in the 3rd or 4th century in Cologne with the number of companions whose reported number varies from 5 to 11, a legend that Ursula died with 11,000 virgin companions has been thought to appear from misreading XIMV, the Latin abbreviation for 11 martyr versions as 11,000 versions, okay? So this number 11, once again, is going to always come up many times. Um, the apostles were called the 11 in the Bible. And remember, I told you that uh, a son takes 11 years to complete a cycle. Now, let's talk about the Pharaoh dream. And this will be the last one. So 
I hope you've been taking notes. <laughs> so we have one more dream that we want to talk about um, in the Bible. So let's go to, I want to say, I, I want to say it's in Exodus. Okay, it's actually in Genesis, Genesis chapter 41. So let me pull up Genesis chapter 41. Oops, wrong tab. Sorry, not that one. The other one. All right, so Genesis chapter 41. So it says, when two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. When out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the river bank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up to seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. And this morning, in the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told him his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Okay, so we can um, talk more about this um, in more detail. But for now, just keep in mind that the number seven came up many times. So again, um, let's go back here. So these seven cows, okay, so in, in the ancient Egyptian um, spiritual system, there were seven divine cows of Hathor or Heheru. Okay, so the seven Hathors were celestial cows, celestial herds, and they were named in a spell from the book of Coming Forth by Day. And some of the names for the, the seven different forms of Heheru are Lady of the Universe, the Sky Storm, the Hidden One presiding over her place, you from the blackness, the red one, the bright red, and your name prevails over the West. And these seven cows represent the seven brightest stars in the Pleiades constellation. Esterope, Tageta, Kaleano, Maya, Electra, Merope, Alione, Plione, and Atlas. So that is what the seven cows represent. So remember, the seven big cows got swallowed by the seven skinny cows. The skinny cows would be the, the smaller stars, okay, who are not as bright, but who are absorbing more light and more radiation than the big stars. So that is where the, the dream of the pharaoh had to be interpreted because we were talking about a astrological message from the Pleiades star, um, star constellation. In addition, I'll wrap it up with this. Um, there are seven lambda operons that control whether a cell, virus, or bacteria will complete a lactic cycle or a lysogenic cycle. So those seven different operons are gonna control how this genetic material, this DNA 
this god goddess human being cell virus plant will reproduce so that number seven is key because that number seven is what's going to decide how it's going to reproduce and remember i told you in the beginning of this that stars are viruses in the skies and that is how they reproduce that is why there are so many billions and billions and trillions of stars and planets and animals because that is how they reproduce the way viruses do they multiply they spread and they inject their genetic material their dna okay the dna of abraham is our universal common ancestor okay who has put its dna the dna of the children of israel into the earth cell the wife sarah and um, this is how everything came into existence from the beginning our last universal universal common ancestor was a bacterial fade okay so um i hope you guys enjoyed this particular podcast um if you had any questions i do want to leave an option for questions just in case before i leave today did anybody have any questions about this i see we have three people watching so if you have a question i i'm gonna give you two minutes to ask a question about this the link is posted in my chat and then i have another video that i'm doing as well uh shortly after this so definitely appreciate any and everybody that um clicked on the video whether live or the replay to get this valuable information uh it's always a pleasure for me to work for the most high and to gather this information and knowledge for the people to to gain insight into the metaphysics of what they're reading so um if you have a question um just click the link and you can ask me anything you want about this subject or if you don't have a question that's fine too i would say you know maybe watch this video a couple times and it'll definitely build your knowledge and sharpen your toolbox so that when you're reading the bible or reading any book you'll be able to pay attention to the numbers and to pay attention to the subliminal messages that are that are in that book so with that being said shalom hotel pool uncle jasneb shimon hotel peace